Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. The public gets what the public wants, but we want nothing this society's got. So we're going underground. Uh, so let the boys all draft and let the boys all shout for tomorrow. We're going underground. Uh, yes, this is Saturday Draft Live, the weekly uh, episodic show on Suplex Week Extra where we cover all things on the ESSR Draft Fantasy League. Now, we are one of many shows featured on the Suplex Retweet Extra feed. Uh, be sure to check out Eats Meets West. We've got Alba Good Graps and a whole variety of other shows, including Raw Report and Anyway Back to the Wrestling, who are currently in the midst of a best of five series. So to keep on top of all that, be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. And be sure you're subscribed to Suplex Retweet Extra and Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, our main channel, on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, all good Android podcasting sites. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel as well, where we have Quiz Showdown, as well as our new show, The Conspiracy Theory, hosted by the GOAT, David Campbell. Um, so now we've got a bit of a, a draft club going on here. And I want to turn to my co-host to clarify a few rules. So, um, Jack Graham, what's the first rule of draft club? You don't talk about draft club. Correct. And Scott McLeod, what is the 44th rule of draft club? You do not talk about number 44. Absolutely right. So let's break the rules and let's talk about Draft Club. So, how are we both today? Oh, I was doing fine until you, you brought 44 up again. I thought we'd have <laughs> one show and that didn't come up. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's, it's crunch time here when it comes to the, uh, to the draft now. We're in the final two weeks of this season and still plenty to talk about um, with the build towards SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver 30. So we're going to kick things off, as usual, with the top threes. And Scott, we're going to turn our attention to your current team captains, uh, the best friends who are in third place this week with 10 points. Now, they've actually, even in the short time they've been a part of your team, they've already accumulated 33 points. And they're now, they're, they're now your second highest um, scoring team members. So how do you think best friends have done so far following the transfer window? I think uh, in the last few weeks especially they've done very well because like, partners thinking maybe I should have picked them in the first half of the season because that's when they actually were getting regular wins on their way to being crowned number one contenders in the first place. And now the last few weeks, like, I was especially surprised when I checked the, the latest draft standings after this week's Dynamite and seen how high they were up because I didn't even check out Dynamite. I knew like, we had that big 12-man tie. We had the Matt Cardona debut. But like part of me was like, I didn't even know best friends were doing anything mm-hmm. on the show. And then I think it's helped the fact that they're my captains that whatever they did do is, is really helped them move up the the, the points thing and it's it's put me into the uh, over two hundred points, which is as I said before, is what I wanted because like I like to at least finish with a high enough score. If I'm not in the first I want to finish with a decent enough score and like I'm in the two hundreds now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if best friends will be much on dynamite, but they have been doing some stuff on Dark, which uh, I think people need to consider when they pick EW picks going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's 
Scott brings up an excellent point there, Jack. Do you think, um, obviously, AEW has two tapings per week. One is Dynamite and one is AEW Dark. Do you think the addition of AEW Dark is really benefiting uh, those uh, AEW picks that don't get as featured as much on Dynamite? And as a result, this is kind of what's helped Best Friends get into the top three this week. Yeah, I think it's something that maybe folks should be sleeping on for next season especially. Like, take for take for example, like Sean Spears, he's on Dark every week. Near enough, and he's like kind of... He's winning recently, so that's like that's like an easy three points you get every week just for that, and it's mm-hmm. because it is just that kind of sub show to what Dynamite is. Folk probably aren't thinking too much about it, but if you're in a position late in the late in the draft, maybe you can get some folk. I definitely definitely pay attention to what AEW Dark might have to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so don't uh, don't take AEW Dark out of your out of your minds when picking for next season because you never know there could be some very hot commodities that will give you that little extra boost that you need to bump your team up uh so going into the top two now i'll give you i'll give you both a wild guess as to who's in the top two this week shana baszler afraid not no i mean as much as, as much as you'd like it <laughs> i mean I'd, I'd really like that but unfortunately that's not the case uh it's uh well number two with 12 points it is the smackdown women's champion bailey and in first place this week is sasha banks with 13 points I mean, what more needs to be said about these two? I mean, I think we've pretty much run out of things we could possibly say. But I will say this about Bailey now. Uh, after this week, she's now broken the 200 points barrier in the, in the top 10 overall this season. And Sasha Banks has now overtaken Drew McIntyre as the number two. So these two are not just the number two this week, but the number two in the season overall. I mean, Scott, what more needs to be said about Sasha and Bailey? Wait. Sasha and Bailey are in the top two. Yep. I, I, I am shocked and appalled. <laughs> I, I did not see this coming anyway. And, like, it's, it's, it's getting to the point they don't even need to really uh, to do much on Raw or SmackDown. And because they appear once or twice and with the cats and say and everything, they'll get automatic points and they'll be with a chance of being uh, in the top three because Bailey's got a match with Asuka next week on Raw and then there's that battle royal on SmackDown. So, I doubt those two will you do anything. They'll probably just sit on commentary. Yeah, we'll still probably be talking about them again when we come to this next week. Mm-hmm. And obviously the build towards SummerSlam, Jack, I mean, you know, we assumed that, you know, Bailey and Sasha would go one-on-one with each other, but it looks like WWE has taken a different approach entirely with this, with the announcement of this tri-brand battle royal to determine Bailey's new challenger. But you have to admit it, it's good for a lot of exposure for the women's division in, in WWE, particularly in NXT, who I think we've said on previous shows that NXT's women's division is probably the best that the wrestling industry has to offer at this stage. Aye, it's very good. It shows that like during this kind of trying hard time right now, that they, they firmly believe that Sasha and Bailey can carry it forward to when we eventually get the fans back. Obviously, everyone's kind of hypothesize when it was going to break up but there's no real need to break them up right now and there's no fans when they want that big ultimate payoff mm-hmm. so just just put both belts on them like you know what i mean fair enough i'm carrying on with it to the point where there's enough folk who can see a live and get a better reaction to make the split happen but as you were saying about that battle royale it's just it's another thing that go to show how well bailey and sasha are doing that there's kind of there's, there's a, the, again, no reason to kind of break them up, and it allows exposure to the NXT women's brand. You know, you get the raw folk coming over as well. Like, obviously, Shayna Baszler might be involved, and she could be a top person to kind of beat Bailey. Me and Ross have spoken about that on the Raw report sometimes, saying like, you know, 
KDC or Ascal's and KDC's gone, but even if Ascal say Ascal loses on Monday to Bailey, she could win this battle royale and face Bailey. You know, there's, there's so many different avenues to explore. I think it's, it's allowing a lot of women in our draft teams and the company as a whole to get in amongst this title picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's great exposure for the women's division on all three brands at this stage. But again, it doesn't take away the fact that I think we said uh, the week before, Bailey and Sasha Banks are pretty much guaranteed first round picks uh, for next season if they're going to keep them together for this long. And the fact that they're, they're holding three championships between them as well. I mean, it's basically, you might as well just give you the points if you're, uh, if you're picking them for your team next season. But uh, Jack, I actually want to bring up something you and Ross picked up on Raw Report, actually. It's um, the, the addition of Raw Underground, uh, this sort of fight club themed uh, setup hosted by Shane McMahon. Uh, it's actually, it's curbed my enthusiasm a bit because I think this is WWE's bid to give a lot more exposure to those underappreciated talent that hasn't been featured on weekly television as much. Do you think Raw Underground is actually going to play a, a very beneficial factor if, folk, if say, folk next season pick, uh, pick superstars that we wouldn't normally pick or those that are, may not be as featured as, you know, say, mainstream attractions? It's, a, it's an interesting one. Also, when it first came about, everyone was kind of like, oh, this would be good to get a lot of folk featured in. On the on the show, and then kind of as as it always does in our group chat, it always kind of focuses attention towards the draft and how that might impact it. I feel that I can I can see a few folk maybe trying to take a risk and go for some of these folk that appear in underground a lot more. Like I can't mention the guy's name, but for some reason I keep on thinking he's called like Cobra Kai, and I'm pretty sure that's something that like a, the Karate Kid or something. <laughs> yeah, and um, there was also I think the guy, the man formerly known as Baba Tunde, was also on there as well. But he's got a different name now. Yeah, just it's like that that guy, he just like he he won about four matches in a row. And that that was it. Then you've also got the likes of Dolph Ziggler. He's someone that can actually thrive on that and just choke. Mm. For see that minute when he was just fighting, that was absolutely fantastic and just like like choking folk out and that like that's see when it gets to the fifth round, you've not got much of an option left. Like the likes of Dolph Ziggler could be a shout just because he, he's more likely to appear underground and mm-hmm. do that kind of dog fighting stuff. Even the Viking Raiders, they've appeared on that gives you a new direction for them. It's it opens up a lot of opportunities to draft totally different folk for next season. Mm-hmm. And it also introduces with the concept of newcomers. And I'm just looking at the, the stats for our top five newcomers this season, i.e. folk that have not been picked in past drafts. And excluding those that have appeared in season, in previous drafts, uh so we've had Asuka and Seth Rollins, like because they were p- picked as tag teams uh, in the past seasons. Uh, but the top three singles newcomers are actually very, very close together in terms of points. We've got Apollo Crews sitting on 49 and a half, who is now actually broken into the top 10 with that score now. And uh, I mean, I mean, what can be said about Apollo Crews? I mean, he's uh, he's uh, he's done wonders for, for Steven's team, even though. You know, I admit I did laugh in his face about it, but the other two are with 48 and 47 points respectively are Andrade and Angel Garza. So it just goes to show, like, you know, even if you pick somebody that might not be as featured as much, they can still get you a ton of points. So, uh, Scott, um, I want to just, just on another subject about Raw Underground, you see the heart business is now taking a bit more of a, of a commanding role uh, with mm. this Raw Underground concept. Do you think there's going to be possibly a 
an angle of power struggle between them and possibly Shane McMahon because I mean, well, for Shelton, for a guy like Shelton Benjamin, you know, I think this is the first uh, genuinely good position he's been in in about ten years. So, what does that say about you know somebody like Shelton Benjamin? I, I like the idea of the hurt business kind of being involved because like you got Shelton Benjamin, a legit amateur wrestler, like. Uh, some went to the same amateur, same amateur wrestling background as Brock Lesnar, and they hate that up all the time. And they've got like Bobby Lashley won the, a really good MMA record. So if you're having like a legit, what's presented as a legit like fighting thing, then these are two guys to have it and come in and try and just go through everybody and try and like take over. And I do agree with you. Like you have a Viking Warriors showing up who, which is good for him because before this, you. Uh, he had like them just being used as stepping stones for Andrade and Trotarza on their way down in their title shot. Uh, so it's like interesting who you could see getting involved in it, like Karrion Cross. Even I went on Twitter and basically basically said like that he wanted in a, involved in it. Like get the legit like tough guys on the roster involved in it. What uh, I think we should take into consideration if this is going to be like a long term thing when we go into season six, if we're picking guys solely based on that they're going to appear on underground, like. And the way these weird fights that they've been having that usually technically don't really go that long, like we should like try and work out what what points wise is, is mm. how does Raw Underground affect this points wise? Like if like Eric from the Viking Raiders comes in and wins and beats somebody up in under a minute, how does that affect the points you would get if you had like the Viking Raiders on your team? Well, I mean, if it was Eric in just one match, even though somebody had picked the Viking Raiders, uh, it wouldn't count because Eric's been picked as part of a tag team. So if he's competing one on one, you know that's that wouldn't count. It's like, you know, Jack, you've been the you've been a victim of this. Like you've currently got the Iconics as your team captains, but they've been featured heavily in singles matches. So you would only get points for them appearing as a duo rather than than winning matches. So I had it last year as well. Mm-hmm. When I had the Kibuki Warriors. Well, last season, sorry, I had the Kibuki Warriors. And I thought the the the, the tag team would would run wild, obviously for a wee bit, but then they can kind of, near enough lots to straight away and mm-hmm. I couldn't get any of the points for Asuka mm-hmm. uh, just um, just one other thing I'd like to mention before we go into our leaderboard uh, there's been the arrival of a new faction as well Retribution and it looks like they've taken up what kind of like what the Nexus did 10 years ago where they invade invade WWE programming basically destroy the ringside area and it's, but this time it's all masked individuals. So, um, Jack, I think it'd be difficult to include retribution in this if they were to be picked next season, unless people started showing showing face in this group because they're all faceless individuals at this stage, and it seems to be a mixture of men and women too. So, do you think in the short term retribution is going to play a factor, or are they just going to be uh, like outsiders at this stage? If they somehow reveal themselves in the next couple of weeks, I can see folk maybe taking a punt at them. But come transfer window, season six, we'll no doubt know who everyone is. And we may see some more activity or retribution in the draft teams. I think folk might want to transfer out some of their low-performing superstars in their team and take a punt at one of the retribution folk if we know who they are come Mm -hmm. that time. And Scott... um... We've had a sort of brief glimpse of the group at this stage, but 
any could you hazard a guess as to who could possibly be in this retribution group uh because there's not a lot of because uh, we've heard that we've heard their voices on camera and we've seen like how tall they are and what build they are so any any guesses as to who could be a part of this group i'll be honest with you david uh i'm happy to be here wrong in the next couple of weeks but right now as we sit here today you could give me the brightest torch available like a torch with the power of a million candles. And even with that torch, I still won't be able to locate a fuck to give about the retribution <laughs> at this stage. I'm sorry. Like, I heard, oh, I woke up to, like, oh, the retribution showed up on SmackDown. I'm like, oh, we'll see what happened here. They rushed out to the ring when there was nobody in the ring. Like, so they weren't even coming out to attack anybody. And when they stood there with their baseball bats, whatever weapons, they're like, oh, we should actually be beating somebody up. Let's try and attack these commentators. And yet Michael Cole, who's like, he's in his mid-40s, and Corey Graves, who's retired, managed to outrun these people. And then when they realised, oh, we can't beat them up, oh, let's randomly go into the crowd and beat up some of these guys. Like, when that should have been your first protocol. And then, like, oh, let's flip the table over, because the Nexus said that. People like the Nexus. Oh, look, let's get spray print out, because people like the NWO. Like, it just feels like, oh, we want a faction, new faction for the sake of it, and we're not ready to call up Undisputed Era, so let's just throw this new thing together. That's why it feels very thrown together, because from what I heard, rumour-wise, that they were going to debut, but not till like, next week, and they were going to start showing them. And, because we only got a glimpse of them on Raw, because everybody was hearing, all oh, the factions debut when they didn't technically debut. But apparently, the only reason that we put this thing out about them debuting is because new sites started reporting a new faction debut, and W was like, oh, we need to get ahead of this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I've heard rumours that maybe one or two of the released people have been then re-signed and this is then kind of coming back because like I know it's not going to be him but like to me I heard a very raspy kind of voice from one of the mass people that sounds a lot like Eric Young even though it's recently came out he signed the exclusive deal with Impact maybe it's by design that they're trying to misdirect you but like unless like they have a really good reason for why these people are doing this and when they reveal them I don't have much hope for this faction because I do like the, uh, the mix of men and women in the faction because you don't really get that more often than not. Like. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see when it comes to, to retribution. But let's jump straight into the leaderboard now. So at number 10, uh, surprise, surprise, it's Ryan Gallagher with uh, 97 points. So he's very close to breaking three figures now and I'm sure he'll get there by the the by next week. But his uh, his captain Dexter Lumis has just been pulled from Takeover Thirty, so that's a bit of a, a bit of a stinker for him. It's hard to praise Ryan when he gets to triple uh, to like triple digits without sounding condescending. Like he's your, <laughs> like your child, like when your child first learns that you properly use the toilet. Like, oh, well done, good for you. <laughs> okay, didn't mean to sound condescending at all, but um... no, I'm not. I'm not well, saying I'm saying the way that we've been talking about him is can be misconstrued as condescending. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, at least you're in triple digits. You're dead last, but at least you're in triple digits. <laughs> oh, get up and look at us. Whoa. <laughs> uh, okay, P- put your best of five series to one side for a moment, Jack, because you're currently in you're currently in ninth place with 159.5 points. Uh, so is it a case of liquidation relegation still the same fantasy team? Yes, obviously. Always will be. Always will be the case. It's, uh, yep. I think that my team, given a normal situation, I don't know if I'd be winning, but I'd definitely be. 
I think that uh, COVID's obviously changed a lot of the plans that happened in my team. You know, like, for example, with Brody Lee, they kind of pu- pushed that feud too early and now it's just kind of a, in a kind of tag team thing now and that's really about it. Obviously, Santos Escobar's been bit part. The Iconics, I thought they were a cert to get the women's tag belts. That's why I put the captaincy on them. But uh, do we have other plans? Just think, I think in a normal world, I'd be doing well. Unfortunately, it's... It's it's not to be, but you know you, you pick yourself up and you carry on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, number eight, uh, Alan Lucas, one hundred seventy points. Uh, number seven, Daniel Campbell, one hundred seventy-two. Now he's got now his heavy NXT team is going to be featured a lot on NXT Takeover Thirty with Adam Cole, Io Shirai, and potentially Keith Lee all in matches. So do you think Takeover Thirty will see a repeat performance from Takeover in Your House, where he scored a ton of points as a result? I think he's at least going to get points for Keith Lee. I don't see Keith Lee dropping the belt this soon. The Adam Cole thing, like God knows, would ever be like, why? I don't know why they're putting Adam Cole in this position in the first place. So I don't know if he's going to win. I don't see Dakota Kai winning. But it will be an interesting night at uh, TakeOver Triple X, the sexiest of all TakeOvers. <laughs> <laughs> the raunchiest of all TakeOvers, it looks like. Uh, Number six is me with the phenomenal ones, 181 and a half points. Uh, fifth place, Scott, 207 points. You broke the, the 200 barrier now. And that's sort of the situation with the top five at the minute. The top five all have at least 200 points. Uh, fourth place, Grant McRobbie, 282. In the battle for third with number th- with the current third place, Ross McLeod, 286. So there's a hotly contested feud going on there. Uh, number two, Gary Kernahan with the Stone Cold Steve Austin figure of 316. Uh, and surprise, surprise, number one, uh, Stevie Wilson, who is now on 369 and a half points. A near, an over 50 point gap between him and Gary. Uh, lads, would it be safe to say the game's a bogey? I mean, we've been saying the game's a bogey for the last few weeks. Because uh, like, when the, the biggest fight in the top 10 is like the fight for second and third you know it's game over and it's a shame we've got a couple of weeks left because much as I don't like Stephen, we, we said in the group chat, if this was the end of the season, that's a perfect score to go out on that he's got right there. Mm-hmm. And we have talked a wee bit about uh, TakeOver 30, but the, immediately the night after as well is, is SummerSlam and we've already got five matches announced for it and a lot of which uh, are part of our of our teams so for, we've got for example we've got the street profits who are on ross's team we're going against andrande and angel garza so me and stevie as two individual picks uh drew mcintyre defending against randy orton so we've got uh that's grant's team captain against is jack is randy orton in your team yes yes he is so i mean you never know you could finish on a high with randy orton heavily favorited to take the title from drew do you see that potentially you know, you know, you're stuck at ninth, but would you be happy to see a finish like that? Yeah, I think it'd be a kind of a, a good note to end on, like kind of show that it shows that maybe some of my transfers can prove dividends and that like, there is potential to change. But I feel that I feel that a lot more might be announced in my favour come the next week or two for takeover and uh, SummerSlam. So I'm I'm quite confident that I won't finish ninth. Hmm. Uh, and Jack, uh, we've got, oh sorry, uh, Scott rather, <laughs> we've got MVP challenging Apollo Crews for the United States Championship again. Like, do you think 
you've been screwed over MVP getting points uh, to become United States champion. Yes, yes, I, I, I do. Because, like, by when you think Apollo could possibly have goals and he can't show for a title to match defence, that means automatically if he forfeits the title, changes hands and is put on MVP, which it should have been, but it wasn't made official. And then the bloody retribution doesn't the lights to flicker on and off was distracting for an MVP on Raw. So he couldn't focus and then he got screwed on Raw. But hopefully he will make things right when uh, SummerSlam comes around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary's, uh, Gary's team will have Seth Rollins going up against Dominic Mysterio. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually quite intrigued about this one. But we'll save that for the... For the um, the weekend of SummerSlam, we'll go into into a bit more detail. Uh, but what I would like to get from you both, because uh, we'll find this out next week, uh, and Bailey is set to defend the the title against the winner of the Tri Brand Battle Royal, which we've previously discussed. I'd like you both to pick who do you think is going to win it. Jack, I'll start with you. Um, oh, I don't know because. I feel that uh, what am I gonna how am I gonna do this? I think that Asuka Asuka will beat Bailey come Monday. No wait, no. Asuka won't lose. Asuka I'm so confused. Asuka <laughs> will lose to Bailey, but will win the battle royal and face Bailey at SummerSlam and I think Shayna will face Sasha Banks. Okay. Uh Scott. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Scott, who do you think? It's all been a swerve. They said she wouldn't bury 2020. They were lying. Tell you, this Friday, it's the return of the Queen. My captain, my old captain's coming back. I'm telling you, Charlotte and Flair are coming back. Like, I'm telling you. Because, like, cause, like, it's the best possible scenario, honestly. People might say, oh, I don't want Charlotte Flair to come back challenging for another belt. Really, they said, oh, NXT people are going to get involved. It's not going to be your Io Shirai's or your Candice LeRae's or Dakota Kai's. It's going to be bloody Aliyah's and Chelsea Green's getting involved in that battle royal and, and then mm. on SmackDown side you've got Lacey Evans and Naomi I like Naomi but she's doing bugger all at the moment and then mm. who really on Raw are they going to get other than Asuka and I still think they're, they're planning on doing another Asuka uh, slash event thing at SummerSlam because it looks like Nia and Shayna are fighting each other so Asuka's really the only one left mm. come on bring back the Queen the Queendom, where the Kings bow down and all that. <laughs> Wrong Queen, Scott. Uh, no, we don't want no, the FM McMahon in this match. Charlotte's more deserving of that theme song than FM McMahon. <laughs> uh, well, I'm actually going to go a bit left field uh, compared to what both of you are saying. Because, I mean, they're, they all sound really, really plausible. But I'm going to go a bit left field. And I think somebody from NXT is going to get it. Specifically, Rhea Ripley. Because uh, she's not facing Io Shirai at TakeOver. Obviously, Dakota Kai's got that opportunity. But what if they're actually saving Rhea Ripley for SummerSlam? And, you know, Bailey gets a new challenger, like a challenger who's going to certainly put up a fight against her. And she was the one to throw in Shayna Baszler too. So what better way to really put a shock to, to this system than have, like, one of the most dominant women in NXT, Rhea Ripley, be the one to become SmackDown Women's Champion? Or, or, it goes the way I said originally, where Charlotte wins and then Rhea comes out because we really did not get the true culmination to those two when it was over the NXT women's title. So, 
maybe Charlotte wins gets me some actual points because I'm I need it more. <laughs> and Rhea Ripley then comes out, and we can set that up between Charlotte and Rhea because, like, again, we needed that final match between Sue and Rhea actually beat Charlotte because I don't know what they were originally planning, but they didn't. Them not having Rhea eventually get her win back on Charlotte really hampered Charlotte winning the NXT Women's Title in the first place. Like. So, uh, like, if it's going to be an NXT pick, then I do agree with you. Then maybe we replace the is the best pick or Tegan Knox. You know, just I'm just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. You know, just while we're at it, I'll throw Shotzi Blackheart in there as well. You never know. Outside Rose. <laughs> okay, guys, lads, let's not go too fantasy booking here. Right, right, right. Okay, right. So that's our fantasy booking for next and for next uh, next week. I mean, plenty to talk about uh, for next week's show, and we're into the last. The last uh, stretch of season season five. It's been a it's been a long journey, but we're we're finally towards the end now. So we're uh, we'll wrap things up there. Uh, firstly, thank you to my co-host Jack Graham. All right, thanks, Dave. And to Scott McLeod. Thank you very much. All right, this has been Saturday Draft Live. Be sure to tune in every week. That's right, every week. Uh, to Suplex Retweet Extra, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, all good Android podcasting sites. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. And be sure to follow our YouTube channel as well, where you'll get to see the Quiz Showdown series, as well as the new Conspiracy series uh, hosted by David Campbell. So this has been Saturday Draft Live. I've been David Hockney. We'll see you next week.